When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Get him up, get him going. It's Monday on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. What a great weekend. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Four days of uh, family and feast and football. And we'll get to all of it over five hours of our conversation on this Monday morning, the 27th of November. Longhorns are headed to the Big 12 title game after a resounding senior night demolition of Texas Tech, but they're still sitting at number seven in the uh, latest AP college football rankings. Uh, college football playoff rankings out tomorrow night. We'll certainly talk about plenty of college football. The coaching carousel in full swing. Longhorn's going to play for a championship. Aggies may have found their new head coach after uh, quite the wild weekend out of College Station. Cowboys, uh, big win on t- Turkey Day. They demolished Washington, but did not and were not able to gain a game on the Philadelphia Eagles in their own division because Jalen Hurts led uh, the Eagles to a wild win yesterday in rainy Philadelphia. Houston Texans lose a tough one yesterday in the National Football League, so we'll certainly talk plenty of NFL, college football, basketball. Longhorns played a Sunday matinee yesterday afternoon, so safe to say five hours uh, maybe will be enough as we crank this thing up, and we appreciate you being there and uh, uh, however you find us on this morning and every morning on 101.9, maybe AM 1260, uh, maybe streaming. We appreciate you doing that on that Horn app. Download it to your smartphone. Listen to us anytime with the touch of a button. You can also find us at uh, hornfm.com. And look who it is, bound of his, uh, hollow, uh, his Thanksgiving break. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, back in his spot, he is our shutdown corner out of the 713 and DB High down in Houston, Texas. Also a lifetime Longhorn from right here in the 512 uh, at DBU. Four stops in the National Football League, 16 great years on radio and in media, and now our shutdown corner for five hours a day here on Hook 'em Up. He is Rod Babers. Hello, Rod. How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. Thank you for the intro, brother. Also, thanks for the hospitality as always. And uh, oh, great weekend. Just, I mean, so much, so much. You know, great football. Obviously, a lot of great food. Hung out with the family. Got a chance to see a lot of family. We had like, I don't know, like 20 people. Yeah, we did 20 too. plus on people Thursday. Over. We had about yeah. 20, 25 people here. Yeah. Yeah. At the fun, house though. in the in the South Austin Onion yeah. Creek studio. No doubt. Yeah, not. The pal- yeah, palacious. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were yeah. cranking it up. I'm sure you were, too, and I'm sure most yeah. of the folks out there were. Hopefully you got a chance to be down at the game. I talked to so many people who were at the game on Friday night, and, uh, you know, an unmatched experience on senior night, uh, the, the second only night game of the year, uh, and then just an absolute throttling of Texas Tech, which led to a celebration afterwards, and uh, quite the scene. I'm sure you heard from a lot of folks too about uh, yeah. what that was like, and oh yeah, um, you know this team will play for a championship run. Yes, yeah, so, I mean you know what, and I think the, the the thing that we've been asking for from this team all season long, you know, was to play a complete game, a a full four quarter game. Um, I want to say last game of the season they put together, and you saw a full four quarter game. All three phases of the game scored for Texas. 
that is rare. I mean, I played four years at Texas. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. It's maybe two two times that uh, I, all the games that I play where all three phases of the game end up scoring touchdowns. Uh, that's really tough. Uh, but also, you saw, I mean, honestly, just a dominant performance all the way around. There really wasn't uh, that lapse and that lag that we had seen. I mean, maybe you can still point to the red zone stuff, but I've tried to keep telling you guys, the red zone issues are just part of the DNA of this team, unfortunately. That's who they are. Uh, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah, five field goals for Bird Auburn. Yeah, but you know what? Nothing wrong with that because you can see that the head coach is adapting. He understands now. Nothing I can do about these red zone issues. I tried. I tried everything. I'm a smart guy. I'm not an idiot. I'm not an imbecile. I'm a smart coach. I got smart coaches on my staff. I got really good players. And we still have red zone issues in game 12. It is what it is. It's okay. Because there is no perfect team in college football. Every team is flawed. That's one of their flaws. The yeah. flaws is their red zone offense. But I got to tell you, that's as close as you can come. That's probably your only complaint you could have. Is yeah. red zone offense. But then, Bert Auburn is, is having one of the greatest streaks for any kicker in Texas football history. And the head coach has trust in his kicker now. So it's not as big of a detriment as it once was. When you, didn't, you, you couldn't score in the red zone, and then the coach didn't trust the kicker. And then he was going for the red zone and putting you behind the chains. No, no, it seems to be a synchronicity now that is uh, growing between uh, Sark and the other phases of the game, as the play call it, and what does he call it? Complimentary football. It was on full display. It was on full display, <laughs> and it was a demolition, 57-7, to 7, and uh, wasn't in doubt Longhorn fans were. I think that was the other part of Saturday, uh, Friday night celebration was it was senior night. You know, people have fallen in love with this team, but there were no cardiac arrests. There were no high blood pressure moments. No. It was a complete demolition. As you said, they scored in all phases. Oh, man. And then, uh, you know, quite the scene, uh, you know, props to stadium ops at uh, DKR. They played the Brett Yormark comments on the – the big screen, which got everybody fired up, um, you know, from Texas Tech and the commissioner. But either way, Longhorns said goodbye to Texas Tech with a, a beatdown. And now yeah. it's all eyes on uh, Arlington uh, for Saturday morning's Big 12 championship game. Uh, we'll certainly talk about it from all angles, the game itself, and then what's to come. Uh, the Longhorns do have still have a path to the college football playoff, yes, they but do. they need help. They need help. They have to win a game, and then, uh, you know, they, they, they don't control their destiny. And really nothing over the weekend – Went Texas's way as far as the chaos. Uh, there, there could have been some upsets. There were some close ones. Washington uh, and Washington State. Um, you know, the, the the Florida State game was looking, you know, in Longhorn favor for a while. But a uh, while there, even well, Washington had they're scared too. Yeah, well, they, Washington State. <laughs> Washington State. You know, Cam Ward, Cam Ward. Cam Ward, another one of those Texas quarterbacks, gave oh, him a scare. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, man, the weekend was just – it started with the Cowboys, you know, doing what they do to bad teams, demolishing the, the, the Washington Commanders. Yeah, you've called that all season long. There's <laughs> well, some things that, <laughs> that's going to happen. In your guy, Deron Bland, you know, hey. making NFL history hey. with another pick six. I told you all last week, Roger, around the day, he should be up for defensive player of the year. I think he's now I making the case a, a little bit more solid. Exactly. Like, who's, give me a better case than Deron Blanford. That's what I say. Did we ask about C.J. Stroud? Okay, I, I'll, I'll grant you MVP for a rookie. That's the last, last person to do it was what, Jim Brown? Who? Mm-hmm. Last person to win rookie. Uh, last person to win MVP as a rookie. Well, you give me a better case for someone other than C.J. Stroud. Now, I don't know. Obviously, this week it may change. But then we're having the time with that conversation. It was tough to have a better case than C.J. Stroud at the time. Same thing with Deron Bland. I don't know if you have a better case for defensive player of the year than Deron Bland. No, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. So the Cowboys started the weekend with a, uh, a whooping, and then Longhorns followed up with a Friday whooping. And then, Ooh. yeah, Saturday, man, rivalry Saturday is still undefeated. It's just such a great day. Sitting back watching yep. uh, the, the epic oh. – 
win for Alabama in That's the Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl was great. The Ohio State-Michigan game was Apple phenomenal. Was the Apple Cup was great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hell, the, uh, the long-run opponent in the Big 12 title game, the uh, winning rivalry game, but Oklahoma State-BYU was – an 18-point furious comeback, and then overtime. Yeah, that Iowa game State was, game ended up being good. Was Iowa it? State in the snow with K-State. No, it's great. <laughs> it was a I good mean, you, you just couldn't, uh, you couldn't catch them all. You're like, oh, my gosh, all these games yeah, are – it's too much. But, uh, you hey, know, that's – When your team wins, it's, it's good to enjoy that. E. When yeah. Your team, when your team wins and you're on the way to cover championship, well, it makes your weekend so much more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, tell the Texans. Uh, played Joe Jacksonville Texas. yesterday. Nah, all right, right, let's get to the headlines, Real though. Real quick before we do that, let let's me give a shout-out to those who serve. and do it every morning, obviously, even when there are lots of headlines to get to it. We're really excited. We are also excited to give a shout-out to those who serve. You're up early with us. We appreciate you. Our society built on the selflessness of service, so we want to make sure each and every morning I'll let you know that you're on our hearts and on our minds. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, you know who you are. Waste management. Uh, we can't give all the shout-out to all you guys, but just so you know, uh, with Hook'em Up and Ian Rod B, uh, your top priority. So shout-out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, and that, that would be get to the top stories. Let's hit it, T.Y. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the news. We'll start with college football, sixth consecutive week. Longhorns number seven in the AP Top 25 rankings. Despite that 57-7 senior night demolition of Texas Tech, they clinched the Longhorns a spot in this Saturday's conference title game. AP voters keeping Texas in the same spot they've occupied for nearly two months. Ohio State did fall from the ranks of the unbeaten with their loss at Michigan, but remained ahead of Texas at number six. Georgia remains the number one team uh, with Michigan, Washington, Florida State in the top four. Oregon holds down number five. The penultimate college football playoff committee rankings will be revealed tomorrow night ahead of championship weekend. That'll settle it all. That starts Friday night when Washington meets Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. That's four versus five. Then on Saturday, Georgia and Alabama will square off in the SEC championship. Michigan faces Iowa in the Big Ten. Florida State will meet 15th-ranked Louisville in the ACC title game. At 11 a.m. in Arlington, the 11-1 Longhorns will play the 19th-ranked Oak State in the Big 12 title game. Mike Gundy's Cowboys rally from 18 points down to top BYU, 40-34 to in an overtime thriller to secure their shot at the title. Longhorns opened as an 11.5-point favorite in that game. The line is already up to 14 as of this morning. Elsewhere in college football, wild weekend in College Station. It does appear that Texas A&M has finalized a deal to hire Duke's Mike Elko to become their next head coach. Aggies initially pursued, and according to some reports, agreed to hire Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops on Saturday night. That deal fell apart early Sunday, so the program will now turn to Elko, who posted a 16-9 record across two seasons at Duke. Before that, the 46-year-old served as the defensive coordinator at A&M for three years under uh, Jimbo Fisher. Also yesterday, Houston Cougars fired Dana Holgerson after five seasons. Baylor announced that their head coach Dave Aranda will be retained despite a 3-9 and nine season. There will be massive changes on his coaching staff, however. Uh, Mississippi State has hired OU offensive coordinator Jeff Levy to be their next head coach in Indiana has fired Tom Allen. In college basketball, Sunday matinee for the 15th-ranked Longhorn. Yesterday, they improved to 5-1 and one on the young season with an 86-63 win over Wyoming. Max Aismas led the way on a hot shooting day for Texas with 23. NFL, tough loss for the Houston Texans yesterday. Jacksonville secured their spot atop the AFC South and put an end to Houston's three-game win streak with a 24-21 win. Houston tried to rally from 24-14 down, got it to within within seven, and then their kicker Matt Amendola's 58-yard game-tying field goal attempt bounced off the crossbar with 34 seconds to go. Also yesterday, Jalen Hurts scored a 12-yard touchdown run in overtime to help Philadelphia edge Buffalo 37-34 in a classic at Lincoln Financial Field. They are the one lonely one-loss team in the NFL to lead the Cowboys by a couple of games in the division. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Now, it is 
indeed a fact that in the two night games that Texas played at home, Wyoming and now Texas Tech, after the drone show, after they do the drone show and they do all the, the spectacular uh, you know, sh- uh, uh, light show and everything in the stadium, I do believe within three plays after that, Texas has scored like, like explosive, long, uh, back-breaking touchdowns against their opponent. Remember, in the Wyoming game, it was the, the Xavier Worthy kind of screen that he ends up breaking and taking to the house. And in this game, it was the 69-yard Jaden Blue touchdown. Now, they came in different parts. The, I believe that the Xavier Worthy one was right after the drone show and everything happened between the third and the fourth quarter. And then, boom, he pops it. And I believe for the Jaden Blue one, it was between the first and the second quarter. And then after that, within like three plays, boom, he pops it. So there's a, the theory working is that the opponent is so, you know, discombobulated because they're in such awe of this drone show because Texas probably does it as well as any team in the country. That after that, man, they're just kind of dazed and confused. They go out there, and then Texas, boom, pops one. So people in the in DKR who are running the drone show and running the light show and everything, keep it up, time it right. I <laughs> said, time it out right. Now, don't waste it. Don't waste it. You know what I mean? If Texas, you, now you can use it when Texas needs it. You know what I mean? That's something throwing it out there. But it, it, it's the beginning of a run. It's, it's the start of the run, both night games at DKR. It was the drone show, and then boom, a big play, and then boom, the run, landslide. Yeah, and, I, and I think, you know, football players are human beings, too. They get caught up looking at that. Come on, man. How can you Maybe not? lose their focus a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't like these dudes, but that is freaking cool. That is cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll talk NFL on the weekend, uh, wrapping up your four days of uh, feast and family and fun, uh, hopefully in a good way, on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Uh, we'll start, start looking forward and talking about the, uh, you know, the, the college football playoff rankings and how the Longhorns can get themselves into the Final Four or find themselves there if they're able to beat Oklahoma State. On Saturday, and as I mentioned, it's a two-touchdown favorite right now for the Longhorns over Mike Gundy's group. We'll certainly start to dive into that game. Can I play this for you, though, uh, Rod? I think fans were excited to, to hear from Steve Sarkeesian. This team has really come together, and as we said, they're, they're a very likable team. They have been all year, frustrating at times. But, um, you know, the key senior core group that was honored, the 23 seniors, who walked on Friday night, very emotional to start the ball game, and then uh, just a, a celebration at the end at DKR with the fans. I talked to so many folks over the weekend, Rod, who have gone to a lot of games, yep. but still say that was one of the best nights they've had uh, because of the drone show and just the just the, the, the ease with which they rolled past Texas Tech. Well, let's hear Sark. He also had some thoughts. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian afterwards, his initial thoughts on uh, just a great Friday night at, at the stadium. What a, what a cool night. What a cool nation. Uh, our fans were amazing. What a turnout. The energy they brought uh, for being Thanksgiving weekend. Our students weren't in school all week uh, to, to fill up the stadium with the energy that they brought. And then for our players uh, to have that experience as well, especially our seniors, you know, the, the, to think for them for the rest of their lives, um, this was their last time in DKR, you know, and, and, and what, a, what a moment that they're going to get to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, that's, that's part of what college athletics is about, you know, that we can create experiences for, for our young people that, A, help them grow and develop into the young men and into society that, that we want them to be proud of and that they can represent the University of Texas and our football program in a really good way. And 
Some of those experiences are tough ones, which we've had tough ones, and some of them are great ones like tonight. Uh, but, but hopefully they can, they can lean into what got us to this point, right, and what got us to some of those core values that we have in our organization that, uh, that gets them to, to believe and gets them to when, when you do things the right way, you can, you can perform the way that we perform tonight. And uh, the total team effort couldn't be more proud of our defense and, and the way that they played. Um, that's, a, that's a good rushing football team, and to defend the run the way that we did, to defend the pass the, the way that we did, to create the turnovers the way that we did uh, was just fantastic. I thought our special teams was, was lights out tonight. Um, you know, obviously that, that, that punt unit that they have, I think only had like 38 or 39 yards uh, in return yards. And that the idea that we were able to block a punt, we're able to create some explosive returns, obviously got the big kick return from Keelan Robinson uh, to, to kind of really spark us to start the second half. Uh, our ability to rush the football tonight uh, and then to, to take advantage of some opportunities in the passing game uh, and then to play a bunch of our young players uh, because those guys are the future of our program uh, was, was just a great night. It was a great celebration uh, for all parties involved and um, just really proud, really, really proud of everybody that, that put in a lot of work to get us to this point. But like I told the team uh, downstairs, we're not done. You know, we got one more, you know, and as much as this feels like a tremendous celebration, which it is, um, to, to earn an opportunity to play for a Big 12 championship, um, we've got one more game next Saturday, and it's going to be a quality opponent. We'll find out who that is. Um, but in the end, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm happy for everybody uh, that got to experience this tonight. But, um, you know, the mission's not complete, so we, we've got more work to do. Yeah, it was actually one of the – I mean, I said it would take a lot of research to actually figure it out, but it was one of the greatest special teams performances from a Texas football team, from a Texas football team I've ever seen in, yep. in, in any single game. I mean, they, they blocked a punt, they returned a kickoff for a touchdown. The coverage was magnificent down the field. Well, coverage for kickoffs and also for punts. I think Ryan Sanford had a 47-yard punt at one point. You had Bart Auburn who had a 54-yard kick. And it was his career long tying UT record for field goals in a game with five. That was last done by Justin Tucker, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame uh, one day. Uh, and he also extended his UT record streak to 19 straight field goals and school season best to 28 field goals. He now has 18, point, 18 points in that game. I mean, it's, he broke the, that school record by a place kicker, too. So your special teams was, you know, I don't know if there was any phase any part of your special teams unit of that phase of the game that was off yeah they were locked in defensively in special teams i mean they in, were completely man. locked in and look texas texas six and six team but they had one three in a row coming in uh completely throttled uh, baron morton in the passing offense only 88 yards of, of off of passing yards just that the coverage was great uh taj brooks did get 100 yards right at 100 but uh you know a couple long runs in there for him but i thought that did a pretty good job of containing a really good running back and then, you know, the, yeah, the only nitpick is the offense, you know, settling for the five field goals. But you're right, Jeff Banks' special teams unit was just, I mean, it showed the depth of this team. And we all got to see mm -hmm. the, uh, the debut of Arch Manning because uh, 
Yes. Uh, what a weird thing. You know, there's already a report that uh, Malik Murphy may miss the Big 12 title game, not oh, yeah. be available. Anwar Richardson had the report. Yeah, Anwar Richardson over at Orange Blood's <laughs> reporting that uh, – and Sark revealed to – because we're, you know, we thought well, maybe Arch Manning just came in because it's Arch Manning's turn. But Malik Murphy on Keelan Robinson's, you know, electrifying kick return to start the third quarter uh, got knocked got, – got run into. He said his Sark, Sark put he got caught watching the game and got run into by somebody. Uh, and he's got a, a non-throwing shoulder problem. That, that's why Arch was first in in the fourth quarter when it was decided. And there's the thought that Malik Murphy may not be available Saturday. Uh, so Arch Manning would be the, the top backup. But I uh, got to see a lot of young players. And uh, 57-7 Longhorns get the victory. Rod, do you believe, and we'll talk about it, uh, looking forward to tomorrow night's college football playoff rankings, should the Longhorns be ahead of Ohio State? I mean, the Oregon debate is raged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ohio State loses to, to Michigan for a third straight year. Uh, people talk about Ryan Day and uh, is he in trouble after three straight losses. How about Ryan Day? One and three against Michigan. He's 40-0 and against the rest of the Big Ten. That's crazy. 40-0. and It's unbelievable. And people want to fire him in Columbus because it happens it's when three you can't straight. Be, can't beat your rival. Ask Mike Brown. And it happens. you got to beat your rival, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, ask John Cooper back yeah, in the 90s. It happens. Last guy to lose three straight to Michigan. Uh, didn't make it. <laughs> exactly. But either way, should Texas be ahead of Ohio State? That's going to become the debate in the AP poll. They've got Ohio State at six, Texas at seven. Um, yeah, does AP poll really matter? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but it's you know, I mean, there there are a few there there are a few voters that have put Texas all the way up at five. Yeah. You know, that's going to be the conversation of where Texas is tomorrow night because they are that is the penultimate. Um, college ball playoff rankings, and now the ultimate will come out on Sunday yeah. after the dust settles on championship weekend, which starts Friday night with the Pac-12 title game. Uh, we know the Longhorns' path in is pretty simple. It's Florida State losing, uh, Georgia losing to Alabama, which would likely put Texas in. Mm-hmm. Um, they need chaos. And they need a little bit of chaos, they yeah. Chaos and Florida State, you know, that's a losable game for them. Oh, yeah. Well, honestly, all these teams could, could lose. I mean, it's championship weekend. They're really good. I mean, Washington, Oregon, hell, man, toss up pretty much. A lot of people picking Oregon in that game because they figured Oregon dominated the first matchup. And, you know, they just made some crucial mistakes like miscalculations on when to go for it on fourth down, that kind of stuff. Also, when you look at Florida State with the backup quarterback, hell, they were losing, what, through, I think, mid-second quarter? Yeah, yeah. I think actually close to halftime they were losing that game. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think anything. Uh, Texas, actually, Texas-Oklahoma State is probably the surest thing in the power – Five conference championships, right? Oh no, actually Michigan. I take that back. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan's on a pound hour. Yeah. Yeah, Michigan's in a pound <laughs> yeah. hour. So maybe Michigan is sure interesting. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan is all but in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at this point, yeah. because gonna, yeah. I mean, Iowa's a ten and two team, but they don't averaging you know, less than twenty points per <laughs> they game. They scored but sixteen points a ball game. Come on, uh, they, give them credit, but that's you can't beat any big. You can't be a big time football program like that. No, and that'll be a Saturday night game. Georgia plays Alabama Saturday uh, evening. Florida State places Louisville, uh, and Louisville, you know, lost to to, uh, to Kentucky in a really good game in the uh, in that rivalry game, 38-31, as they got a late touchdown. That to, you know, and it looked like Mark Stoops was on the way to College Station. Rod, what a weird story everybody, that was. Everybody was distracted, huh? <laughs> Both yeah, teams weird. were distracted. Weird. Uh, that whole thing. We'll get to what's going on at College Station, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's you know, with a backup quarterback, Florida State, Louisville, that is an opportunity. But in the end, you just have to take care of your business, and the Longhorns will face Oklahoma State. Who looked, you know, I, I, to start that game against BYU, Rod, on a, on, a, on on Saturday, it was rainy and it was cold in Stillwater. The crowd was like mostly empty. Mm-hmm. It was such a, I mean, to clinch a spot in the Big 12 title game, I, you know, kind of like Sark just talked about with Thanksgiving weekend and students go home and, you know, Stillwater's kind of out there. 
I mean, the crowd. I mean, it was a lame crowd, and, and Oklahoma State was lame. I mean, they, they I mean, they didn't look like they had any interest in winning that game. Uh, and BYU came to play, and then they rallied. Ali, Ali Gordon ended up with five touchdowns in the ball game. They win it in overtime. Comeback. Just a great finish. Yeah. Obviously, the Iron Bowl, the Alabama-Auburn finish was phenomenal. Um, inexcusable, by the way, for the Auburn defense uh, to give that up. But uh, just a great Saturday. But in the end, the Longhorns, uh, as you just heard Sark say, that it was a great celebration of the seniors. It was a great night at the stadium. And now the Longhorns will go to Arlington on Saturday with a chance to book in Big 12 championships. They, now, I don't think there's any debate that as a program of its stature, the Longhorns didn't win enough no. Big 12 titles. No. But they have a chance to claim the first and the last yeah. for them in this conference, which uh, and for this senior group has been the goal. It's yeah. been the goal all year. It's been the goal all offseason was to you know get to the Big 12 title game. And, um, you know, if they end up falling into the college football or playing their way into the college football playoff because things happen in front of them, that would be great, and they'll move on. But uh, a championship is the goal, and they have a chance to secure that coming up on Saturdays. We'll talk about it uh, all morning and certainly all week long. Get you ready. We are making plans to, uh, to bring coverage from Arlington and be a part of all the things going on up on championship Saturday. We'll get you details on that as the day rolls out. Sark will meet the media today to talk about uh, the, what's coming and the latest on the, uh, the injury front and all, the, all to come. We'll also get to the coaching carousel ride. A&M may have their new coach after a wild weekend in College Station. Uh, Baylor going to keep Dave Aranda, it looks like. Uh, Houston moving on from Dana Holgerson. We'll get to all that coming up. It's going to be a very busy Monday. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, beautiful morning in the ATX. We're glad you're with us. We're just getting warmed up. Coming back behind the burnt orange curtain. Get some what the facts on a Monday. It took them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It's been a great weekend. It was a long one. Uh, hopefully it was a long one for you with uh, Thanksgiving, football for four days, and uh, man, all the way through. I mean, Cowboys were ultra impressive as usual, but oh, yeah. uh, because of yesterday's classic in Philadelphia, uh, they didn't gain a game in the NFC East, unfortunately. Uh, had their opportunity. It looked like the Bills were going to beat the Eagles. Um, Josh Allen had a heck of a game uh, as far as, you know, total, you know, he was their, their only player. He had two, you know, 386 yards passing Josh Allen. He ran for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but in the end, Jalen Hurts and finds ways to win football games, Rod. He's a winner, man. He's the refs. Winner. He's going to. The refs handed no, that one no. to him. That was terrible. Well, I don't know if they handed it to him. Remember, hell, Josh Allen, remember that, remember that wide open play where <laughs> – uh, the receiver ends up wide open in the end zone. Darius Slay is on the coverage, and they just miss each other. Gabe Davis in the overtime. In, in the game? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? That was rough. I mean, yes. come on. <laughs> exactly. Dude, the Bills had their chances in that game. They did. They had their shot. That, that's my problem with the Bills. They, they, are, they put themselves in a great position, usually in these contests, to win it, but they also are their own worst enemy every time. So I can't blame the refs. That's just this is Buffalo. Yeah, at least it wasn't Josh Allen this time, though, putting him in rough That's spots true. via turnovers. That's fair. It was a heck of a game. I mean, we looked. Uh, the weather was a mess, and uh, but man, there's there's that you know Jalen Hurts, whatever whatever Cowboys fans think of the Eagles, and you can hate the Eagles, they're your rival. Jalen Hurts is uh, he's a winner. The guy finds ways to win football yes, games. Uh, and that's the challenge for you know San Francisco, Dallas, everybody in that uh, that conference right now. You got to beat that guy and uh, beat the Eagles. Is he the MVP front runner now? I think he's got to be right. Got to be right. And I, don't, I haven't looked at the stats, so statistically he may not be you know at the top of every category. But 
Yeah, you're right. He Dak. shows if you're just watching the games, he shows up in big moments. I like Dak statistically, but Dak don't have the moments, the MVP moments in the big games. Jalen Hurts has got like four of them already. Well, <laughs> and that's what we said. You know, the Cowboys got through their stretch of easy easy games, the games they need to win after they lost to Philadelphia. Right, that really heartbreaking Sunday night game. Uh, they've gone three straight uh, and beaten bad teams: Carolina, the Giants, and the Commanders. And now, you know, Dak has his chance to make his case uh, because they've got four or five games in a row against playoff teams, including Seattle, coming up uh, Thursday night this week. Uh, they'll, they'll play Thursday, Thanksgiving, and then Thursday this week yeah. uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. And then they play, um, you know, the Eagles again. They play the, 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 the uh, Dolphins and the Bills, um, you know, Christmas Eve with, with Miami. They've got Detroit. I mean, a five-game stretch here between now and after Christmas where Dak Prescott can make that case. I agree. That he is the MVP. And the Cowboys' defense is certainly playing up to that, that level. Gosh, their kicker's good. I mean, a lot like the Cowboys. They do a lot well. Uh, but you got to win big games, right? you got to win the important football games. You know and, what? Uh, um, also, I, I, the Cowboys have proven they can crush bad teams. That's true. Not and, just beat them, but crush them. And you know what? I'll add to that just because I'm with I'm – a, I'm a Dak fan, so I'll bet that Dak is going to show up in these big games. I don't know if they're going to win it. Remember, he showed up in the Philadelphia game. They just didn't win it. Um, he's about to be a dad. So, congrats to Dak. That's right. Yeah, I saw expected. that picture. Yeah, his, uh, uh, you know, usually that's when girlfriend with child now. Yeah, if you go track quarterbacks when they're about to have a kid, have big years. Uh, usually, you know, they have big years around that time. So hopefully, that's the case with Dak. There you go. Uh, that big Dak energy is what they're mm-hmm. looking for. And uh, the Cowboys, uh, you know, again, their their point their 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 point differential and their wins against bad teams, Rod, 199. Yeah. They're outscoring their opponents by, by 30-some points. But in their losses, and one of them came to Arizona, who's a 2-10 and 10 team, that's their outlier loss. The other two losses were to San Francisco and Philadelphia. And, you know, they've been outscored by an average of 12 in those games. So, you know, you've got to find ways to beat good teams, and that'll be the challenge for the Cowboys. But, I mean, that, that, that's to say that it's all out there for them, right? I mean, if the Cowboys mm-hmm. continue this, this and Dak continues to play at this level, you know, they have a chance to win these games. Because, you know, the Seattle game's in, Ar- in Arlington. Um, you know, the Eagles game is in Arlington, so a couple of them are home games. They've got to play uh, the Detroit game they've got after Christmas is in Arlington. So three of the five tough games are at home where they have a win streak going now. And so an opportunity for the Cowboys. The, the two on the road are in Buffalo, which who knows what that weather will be, and they have to play um, Miami too? Miami at Miami uh, Christmas that's, Eve. Yeah, that's going to be Christmas Eve Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be a – well, you know what? Miami's got an issue, too, beating good teams. So, that'll be a little face-off. That's exactly right. Because Miami hadn't really beaten they, – they they smashed bad teams, but they haven't beaten good teams necessarily. That's right. Yeah. It is a good, bad, and ugly Monday, and I will uh, we'll, we'll dive into some NFL. I did the Jacksonville-Houston game as advertised. Let me give credit because I know we, we were all talking about C.J. Stroud, and he, you know, he didn't have his best game, uh, but at the same time he played well and gave the, the uh, Texans a chance to, to try to win that game again. He just plays with so much poise. But Trevor Lawrence – was really good. Yeah, he uh, good. Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, that was the – that's why you see he showed why he was the number one pick in the draft. And he, um, you know, I, I thought yesterday watching that game and as disappointing as it was, I thought the Texans had a chance. And Matt Amendola's 58-yard field goal, kind of after the Texans mismanaged that, that last drive to try to either tie it or maybe mm-hmm. even take the lead. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they, they only had up Trevor Lawrence, Rod, uh, who was great as the number one pick. There was a there was a big sack on second down that pushed the Texans back to 58 yard field goal level. It was um, you know two top ten picks of theirs, Trevon Walker and uh, and jo- Josh Allen. They're Josh yep. Allen. Both of those guys were top ten picks, and in a big moment they got a pass rush home that took C.J. Stroud down, and uh, that ended up pushing them back and had to settle for a long field goal. Uh, that that's the first of many 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 
C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence head-to-head battles. Oh, I like that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you can feel that coming, right? Yeah. It's going to be them two going at it in that division for the next eight years or so. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) it just feels like, man, that was the first of many. C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence battles. Um, You know, we see it with, uh, you know, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. We see Mm -hmm. it with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, not in the same division, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, the, both teams are, are here to stay, I think. Houston's now 6-5. and five. But they got, their, they got their franchise QBs. They, they do. Got them. They got them. And, and, and we talked about you got your window, right? You got a five-year window. Once you find your quarterback, this is what my issue is with Buffalo. They're out of the five-year window. Coach and quarterback, once you find those two guys and you believe you, you're a matchmaker and they're compatible, you got five years to go all in. There is no NFL team that's ever won their first championship uh, with a head coach and a starting quarterback outside of that five-year window. That's when, that's when you got to split it up and I think or, or make drastic changes, right? That's why you see the Buffalo, they're like, all right, we got to make some drastic well, changes. Well, and that's the case in Jacksonville, too, because Jacksonville had Urban Meyer for a year, but the yeah. Doug Peterson thing is now in year two. Yeah, well, it's only when you got the quarterback and the coach. So yeah. you can, you, you yeah, can yeah, have yeah, something different. You can yeah, but play the, So they're in that window, too. Same thing with Dak, right? That's why they got Dak, Mike McCarthy. He's like, all right, man, we got to get – we got to open Dak's window a little bit. So Mike McCarthy now, what, on his what, third, fourth year? Yeah. Fourth year, so – yeah, you you got about two more years with this experiment. Otherwise, you have to move on. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are similar, too. That's why I think about it. They changed OC and DC because they know we're right at the window. We're right there. We're If we if this year we don't cash in, mm, we, may, we might be outside the window and still think about some real you know big-time changes with the organization. And uh, they beat the Chargers last night, and mm-hmm. uh, the Ravens are in that conversation in the FC, yeah. no doubt. Somebody said refs screwed the Texans. Yeah, the refs were a mess in that game, by the way. Uh, but it went both ways. They were just bad. Uh, officiating in the Houston-Jacksonville game bad. But I think the first of many, many C.J. Stroud, Trevor Lawrence battles in the AFC South. Uh, they split the uh, series this year one and one. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. Longhorns are headed to the Big 12 title game at 11-1. and one. Let's get the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What? What? is behind that curtain. All right, let's start with the defense because defense was fantastic versus Texas Tech. One thing that I noticed, and I brought this up on our own Texas in-game live watch, brought it up on the post-game with my man Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton too, I noticed how aggressive the scheme was versus Texas Tech and how aggressive the players were. The technique was even more aggressive. Now, it could have been. They just did not fear the Texas Tech receivers at all. Um, they knew the Texas offense, Texas Tech offensive line couldn't hold up. Um, so they figured, you know what, let's be uber aggressive because they can't beat us. They can't burn us. We can gamble. We can roll the dice because they won't make us pay for it. That could have been the thought process. Um, but it still was risky, and Texas hadn't been this aggressive all year. I'll give you a couple of examples. So if you're looking at bump and run uh, press man coverage on the boundary side, Texas plays a lot of that, right, a lot of boundary press. That's your Ryan Watts on the uh, the short side of the field. But they rarely play it on the wide side. Sarkis wanted to play bump and run with both corners, short side and wide side, field and boundary, but they hadn't really been able to do it, or at least they hadn't really decided to deploy that technique. Ryan Watts goes down early in that game, right? And that was one of the concerns. He went down early in that game, and then they put in Malik Muhammad, uh, and they have Terrence Brooks in there. I think they brought in Gavin Holmes sometimes too in the rotation. But one thing I noticed, a trend, and it's a, it's a good one, Texas played a lot of bump and run press man both sides of the field, uh, field and boundary, and also wide and short, and it paid off big time for them. I mean, you're talking about them making splash plays. One of the interceptions um, came when both of the corners were in press man. That was that Terrence 
Brooks interception. They also got a PBU out of it. And if you go look at the I, – I went and looked at all of the snaps that I could actually track where they both – both of the corners played press man, where both corners were up playing press. And I ended up with them – it with basically Texas <laughs> forcing incompletions. That's a PBU on interception on eight, oh, a little over 18% of those throws were both corners were impressed, man. And that matches the completion percentage, which was also 18% um, when Texas had both corners impressed, man. So, you know, and, and yards per attempt, I think they got three total yards. I mean, they did not have – any success when Texas was uber aggressive putting both corners playing press. Now, like I said, it could just be the Texas Tech wide receivers aren't that good, and if that's the case, they wouldn't do that versus Oklahoma's wide receivers or wouldn't do it versus U of H's wide receivers because they got more talent. Hell, maybe even TCU's wide receivers. Maybe they wouldn't do that. Uh, but maybe Texas can do it against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State doesn't have dynamic, explosive wide receivers on the outside. Um, they're what Presley is there, kind of explosive, you know, twitchy guy, and he's on the inside. So you could bracket the slot, bracket Presley. They'll move him around, but you could bracket him, and then you could play Pressman on the outside. You know, their receivers are more possession guys on the outside. Texas should be able to win, very similar to some of Texas Tech receivers. I don't fear them, and I don't think Texas should. So we'll see if they deploy that technique. Remember, you're also going up against a run-heavy team. Tech coming into this game was a run-heavy, run-centric team. They had run the game, uh, run the ball 40, at least 40 times in four of the uh, prior six games before playing Texas. So they were a running team. That's why Texas, I think, deployed their press press technique on the outside and decided we're going to take those guys away and just play man coverage. And we're going to, you know, devote more bodies, single high, devote more bodies to stuff in the run. Now, it didn't work all the time because Tyler Brooks is a hell of a running back. Um, but when you look at the pass defense, Ian might be the best pass defensive performance of the season. Yeah, and Baron Morton's a pretty, you know, adequate quarterback. He's and, not, huh? um, and he'd been in a bit of a hot streak. And so, yeah, to hold them to 88 yards passing. And the, the, that I think you asked the question that we'll – I mean, are, are the young corners gaining confidence to be able to come up and play that press and feel comfortable with it? Um, and, and if they can, that, that bodes well against Oklahoma State because you just said it. They don't have, you know, dynamic receivers as well. They've got not a game breaker. Uh, and, you know, that this happened after Ryan Watts got hurt, right? Ryan Watts got hurt yeah, on so the first play of the game. Yeah. And Manny Muhammad, the freshman, came in, played great. Uh, Terrence Brooks on the other side. I mean, I thought all the corners and defensive backs were locked in uh, in that game and it showed. It showed by the pass per yards. I mean, it was ridiculous. What they have three yards per pass? They actually two point four <laughs> yards per attempt for Baron Morton. Uh, but yeah, when Texas was aggressive, and I, I, said, I think they can do it versus Oklahoma State. I don't know if you do it versus every team because I don't know if Texas has those those corners are, are ready yet to be consistent enough in their press technique. But uh, Terrence Brooks, he's ready because Terrence Brooks is a technician's dad. Played in the NFL's dad's a DB footwork coach. Uh, played at played with the Aggies. He actually is ready. He's pretty sound in his technique. No wasted no wasted movement or wasted footwork. Um, I worry about Manny Muhammad just a little bit. He's great. He's a natural corner. He's a natural press corner, um, and he's got great hips, so he's gonna be fine. Um, but his eyes, because he's a ball hawk, his eyes wander. Uh, you even saw him on that play, right? When he gets the interception, his eyes are wandering. <laughs> his eyes were wandering. That's why the guy gets behind him. Um, thank God for Alfred Collins putting the pressure on Baron Morton, and Baron Morton lofts it up there a little bit and allows him to use his makeup speed. But even watch him. Watch him on that play, guys. What is he tracking? Think about this. The Keaton Crawford play where he gets the P.I. and the Manny Muhammad play where he gets the interception. What's the difference? One guy's tracking the ball. One guy's tracking the man. 
Now, I tracked the man, so it wasn't necessarily, it doesn't mean one technique is better than the other one, but what did I tell you about Manny Muhammad? He's ball-oriented. He's a ball hawk. They think ball. So even when he gets beat, <laughs> he wasn't even thinking about the man. He wasn't tracking the man. He didn't, he didn't reacquire the man until he was already downfield with the ball. Some guys think ball. Now, that'll get you in trouble sometimes. He's going to get beat every now and then thinking ball, but he's going to make a lot of plays. And if I was a DB coach, I'd say, hey, man, I just need you to make more plays than you give up, son. If you, now, when you start giving up more plays than you make, then we're going to have to have a talk. We're going to have to have a conversation. But if you're making more plays than you're giving up as a DB, man, these days in the spread era of football, you're winning. <laughs> you're winning. You're getting your hands on balls. And that's the main moment. He's a ball hawk, ball-oriented guy. The more players you have like that on your defense, it'll help you. He'll, he's a high-risk, kind of high-reward player now. He'll lower the risk. Remember Trevon Diggs, his first couple of years in the league? Yep. He was high-risk, high-reward. He's going to make a big play, but probably going to get beat with a double move. Now, it was like now he's hurt now, but as he got a little bit more uh, experience at playing the corner position, and you saw him lower the risk factor and keep the high reward factor, that'll happen with Malik Muhammad. But early on, oh, he's tracking that ball, ball. He's thinking ball. Some guys thinking man, other guys thinking ball. You need more players on your defense that think ball and not man. Keaton Crawford was a thinking man guy. Keaton Crawford was actually tracking the ball and then turn start tracking the man because he's comfortable tracking the man instead of the ball. Manny Muhammad never looked at the man. Man went right behind him because he's comfortable looking at the quarterback and tracking the ball. Just two different types of uh, ways to play it. But Keaton Crawford ended up getting it P.I. and one guy ended up getting an interception. And the Longhorn defense was uh, stifling, allowing just seven points in that game, special teams. But we knew the rush defense was going to be spectacular. They've been like that all year long. We hadn't seen the pass defense this good. Well, that's what I also thought. On top of that, the pass rush. We hadn't seen the pass defense this good. It hadn't. uh, You know, all those in-breaking routes we've talked about. Gone. Targets uh, a bunch. Gone. And PK, give him credit. He blitzed them on third down. On third down, they either blitzed or played double press corners probably 70% of the time. They brought extra pressure and or – uh, bump both of their uh, bump both of their corners up to play press man. That's more. That's way more aggressive than they've been on third down. And they're the best third down defense in the country, by the way. So ain't like they've been bad on third down. It seems like now they're getting even more aggressive on third down. Yeah, which you know you like to see. And that that pass rush was overwhelming uh, for yeah, Texas Tech. They they were uh, really really good in all phases there. Only like I said we said the only nitpick is you settle for five field goals, but your field goal kicker made all five. And he's uh, breaking records. Breaking records. And I think that's Sark. Being humble. Realizing what his team is. I think he's being humble, yeah, and, and it's the realization that you tried, the reality, you tried to fix these problems in the red zone. You have. You've had all season to fix them. <laughs> and in the last game of the season, you're still bad in the red zone. Just accept it. Sometimes you got to accept it. It is what it is. Take them points. And I think that's what you're saying from Sark. We'll come back when we do some what the facts, including uh, the Longhorns' potential path to a college football playoff spot if they're able to beat Oklahoma State as a two-touchdown favorite now. We mentioned that opened as an 11.5-point line, according to Vegas, and it's already gone up a few points because uh, people like Texas in this spot for a lot of the reasons Rod just told you behind the BOC. Coming back with those facts, we'll also get back to the good, bad, and ugly from the busy weekend. Get your headlines. Uh, we are one out, you know, halfway through one hour of five on a busy Monday on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time what the facts. Also some great messages on the uh, message line, the text line, 512-447-3776. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday. This says, Rod, the good Bird Auburn. The bad, needing Bird Auburn for field goals instead of touchdowns. The ugly, the pettiness of UT showing your mark on the Jumbotron. Petty. But I loved it. Hook em. Uh, yeah. 
Well, we know now, I mean, it was clearly motivation for those guys. And the last two games, you know, Texas has played, especially the second half of that Iowa State game and the entire Texas Tech game, they've played with a different energy, played with an edge, and I don't think it's a coincidence that both of those squads talk some trash, a lot of bullets and board material for both of those games. So hoping Oklahoma State talks a little trash. That would be nice. Uh, some, somebody, please, uh, the one of those Oklahoma State players, just throw something out there, some or, or type the of disrespect. Yeah, all the mullet, please. Mike Gundy won't do it. He's, he's, he's way too savvy for that. He knows how good Texas is. <laughs> he knows it's going to take uh, one of his best coaching jobs, which, by the way, this year has been one of his best coaching jobs to be Texas, but this has been one of his best coaching performances, no question. I mean, he started out playing three quarterbacks in the first three games. Everybody mocked him. Who they lose to? Northern Alabama, who was it? South was Alabama. It South Alabama. Major Applewhite calling Sorry. the plays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't lose. They got beat by 30. They got whipped. <laughs> and everybody was like, okay. And it was having the, okay, who are they going to get to replace Gundy? Gundy looks like he's done. And now you got this team in the Big 12 title game. I, I don't know if he's had a more impressive coaching job this school because they're not that talented. No, they're not. <laughs> they're, and that's why Texas that is a two-touchdown favorite because yeah. Texas is very talented and they're playing well. Exactly. Um, you know, so we'll hear more from Sark coming up. He was asked, are you the best one-loss team in the country? Um, well, he, he talked about poking the bear and the bear getting poked and how they've responded to that this year and using those little things as motivation in the locker room. And here's a good uh, what the facts text, Rod, on the text line from a lady Longhorn on the text hey, line. Hey, what's up, ladies? Of the eight remaining 2021-22 Big 12 teams, we're leaving seven t- with a loss to Texas. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, TCU, West Virginia, and our last game with Oklahoma State. We lost to them last year. Can't wait to beat them on Saturday and leave a legacy. Yeah. And leave them all with a loss to the Longhorns on their way out. It's appropriate to play Gundy. <laughs> it is. Um, as you're, your last you game dodged him in the regular season. He's been a thorn in your side. And Longhorn fans were happy to dodge him. They were, happy. Yeah. They were like, nah, we don't want to see him on a farewell tour. Now nah, we're good. If anybody can spoil your farewell tour, it'd be that mofo. And, you know, he's going to try to do it again. But I think the way Texas is playing right now, they shouldn't get distracted. No. I mean, you, I mean you gotta, your assignment is to stop Ali Gordon. I mean, that's the strength of the Longhorn team. That's a fact. Exactly. Uh, Ali Gordon had five touchdowns in the win over BYU, including the game winner in overtime. Oh, no, he's great. He's, he's the guy you have to stop. He'll and, be the Doak Walker finalist. Yeah, he sure, for guys. sure will, and rightfully. You just, um, matter of fact, you play two back-to-back because Taj Brooks might be, will be there too. By the way, also from the – uh, Here's the other part. Uh, also from what the facts is, we're going to talk about a lot this week once we see the college football playoff rankings, the uh, – because somebody said Ohio State's loss to Michigan not as impactful as or bad as Texas lost to Oklahoma. Look, when Texas beats, if Texas beats Oklahoma State and wins the Big 12 championship, they will move ahead of Oklahoma or Ohio State in the rankings because that will give you know Ohio Texas a data point that Ohio yeah. State can't get. Yeah, That's a fact. Yeah, it because that, a conference championship and a you know, and a twelfth win would put them ahead of Ohio State. So I wouldn't worry about the Buckeyes being ahead of you right now. It's really about that final one, and I do think if you win the conference championship, I mean, the, 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 the bad scenario for Texas is there's five conference champions and four of them are undefeated. And you're, you know, a, a one-loss conference champ of the other Power Five conference. You know, that's just bad luck. You're, you're not going to get in. You're going to go into a New Year's One Bowl. Rod, there is a scenario by which if Georgia beats Alabama and Texas beats Oklahoma State but don't get in, that Texas could have a rematch with Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. That would be sexy. Yeah. I that, mean, they, they a rematch from the earlier game. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, Alabama, because the, the Sugar Bowl would go to, you know, the Big 12 team that's not in the – like Kansas State played in the Sugar Bowl last year and mm-hmm. lost to Alabama. And usually the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans goes to the SEC number two. Yep. Which would be the loser of the Georgia-Alabama game. So, uh, we'll see uh, how this plays out. A lot of football left, but only one Saturday – or Friday, because the Pac-12 championship game brought us Friday night. 
keep that in mind. Yes, sir. And that's that's Oregon, Washington, and oh, four versus five. Huge game. Yeah, it's gonna be a slobber knocker. Uh, all right, let me give you a stat here since we're talking about give it the, to me. what the facts and what the stats. Uh, only nine offensive linemen in the NFL have allowed more than forty-five quarterback pressures, according to Next Gen Stats. The Washington Commanders have four of the nine oh. on their offensive line. Charles Leno, Andrew Wiley, Sam Cosme, and Sadiq Charles. Not good. Cowboys, they put it on them. The Cowboys obviously inflated that number. Also, another real stat here. How about this about Jalen Hurts? How much of a winner he is? He has won five straight games in which his team trailed by 10-plus points, dating back to 2022. Tied for the longest such streak by any quarterback since at least 1950. The last quarterback to do so, Joe Montana, 1989 to 1990. And Montana won MVP and Super Bowl MVP in 89. Joe was a winner. No. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I mean, the, the Chiefs found it out. The uh, the Cowboys found it out a couple of Sundays ago. You can outplay the Philadelphia Eagles. We got to finish the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, you got to finish them. Yep. The Bills outplayed them. And they also, you know, Philly Philly had some some referee cooking yesterday. But you got to finish Jalen Hurts. You got to beat them. I mean, that's just whatever. How much, much you hate them, they they win. They win, baby. They, they find they win ways. Winning time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Such you know, I'm not sitting here saying the Philly Dolphins Eagles are unbeatable, but you got to beat them, yeah. uh, and you got to finish the game. Josh Allen couldn't, Dak couldn't a couple weeks ago. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it's hour two of our five-hour conversation on a Monday morning. Long one's headed to the Big 12 title game.